You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We are thankful you've joined us today as we are wrapping up our series this October on Pastor Appreciation Month, and we uh, found the most obscure pastors we could ever find to wrap up. The, just kidding, guys. Hey, we're here with uh, three awesome pastors in the local area here in the Panhandle of Florida, and we're going to say hey to them in just a second. But first, James, my faithful co-host. Oh, How man. are you, buddy? No, James Ross. <laughs> None of that. So <laughs> no. I'm good. I'm happy to have these guys. I don't know if they're best for last or batting ninth in the lineup. One of the you two. Go and we save them. the best for last. There's a song for everything. I don't know that probably song. Don't Is know. that a Christian like, song? No, it was like a maybe nineties like love song. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. know you guys listen to Boggy Talk every week, so I don't need to every explain week. it, but I will just in case we have a first-time listener. <laughs> Justin knows all this like 80s, 90s Christian music yeah. that I do not know. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, most yeah. of it's like Sandy Patty, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, fortunately, it was that was cool then because that's all there was. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> so Sean knows Sandy Patty. Sean does. That's, part, yeah. that's right. He <laughs> he probably sang some specials when he was four, like in a suit. Like, I bet I'm he did. Be an American <laughs> in church. Did you ever sing that Happy church? Happy birthday! No. Okay. Jesus. Happy birthday! You know, I, I, that's right. I was in this church for a very long time. So yeah. Like, That's why I thought that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, hey, we want to introduce who we've got here today. So we've got Mr. David Faldine, who is in the singing chair. Sorry. It's going to get lower and lower. We put the shortest guy in the singing chair. listening, we have three chairs in the middle, and we're kind of tight here, and uh, David has the sinking chair. So he's already the shortest of all of us. (laughs) Oh, uh, and we have, uh, he's at Sunrise City Church in Fort Walton Beach. And yep. Tad Anderson, who's the pastor of Mosaic Church in Crestview, and Sean Walker, who is pastor at Anchor Church. That is the name. I'm just kidding. Anchor Church, uh, which if you are familiar with Church on Bayshore, uh, you should be familiar with Anchor Church as uh, they started this year. And our church helped uh, support them and helped uh, send some people to plant the church. So Help past tense. We're done. Yeah. Help. We're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> uh, it's done. God, that's why we've called this meeting here today. Yeah. We wanted to we wanted see your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> On video. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, guys, really quickly, why don't you just go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves, uh, you and your family, and... Uh, Maybe just real briefly, how you got to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm David Faldine, pastor of, lead pastor of Sunrise City Church in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I've been there for just over seven years, a church plant that uh, uh, me and a group of people started. have a beautiful wife named Kelly. She's incredible. She's definitely a rock of the household. She's a nurse, also the interim children's director, an awesome daughter named Piper, four-year-old, who is in school now. And mm. It's been a... Um, Devastating. <laughs> sure, yeah, it is. It's different. It's devastating life. and liberating at the same time. Yes, yes understand. love and life. Yep. yep. Awesome. 
Mr. Tad. All right. Well, hey, yeah, I'm Tad Anderson. I'm the lead pastor. Hey, of talk a little louder. Oh, I'm sorry. Use a preacher voice. Okay, Tad Anderson, uh, lead pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Tad, Tad Anderson. Tad Tad I knew this was going to happen on this video. To me. Listen to me. <laughs> Justin always does this to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Tad Anderson, lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Crestview. I've been there for um, nine years, been pastoring for five, lead pastor for four. Uh, my wife is Amy. We have four kids: Graham, Avery, another Piper, um, and uh, and Abel. Sorry, almost almost forgot. <laughs> we understand. Middle, sometimes yeah. you're like broke off. Yeah, yeah middle, right. middle kids. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that's sweet. I appreciate that you theologically didn't like say a mistake that your wife was the rock because Christ is the rock of your house. Right? <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, I yeah, knew yeah. it was coming. Yeah. I knew that was coming. It's all right. Well, that's why you have the sinking. <laughs> sinking sand, man. That's it's right. just, it's sinking it's sand. a metaphor. <laughs> yep. Next, next women's going to be a lot of talk in their service. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm Sean Walker. I'm the church planter at Anchor Church, lead pastor. I'm married to Bethany. <laughs> Is it over there? You're listening, you like pointed like it's that direction. <laughs> yeah, free pointed <laughs> uh, We have three kids, Ben, Lily, Kate, and Blake. They're all under five, so. That's us. So you don't really know how old each one of them is. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. Not we, have, we have lived that life. Awesome. Well, you guys um, are, you know, all serving. Uh, you're younger. You're all in your 30s, right? Early 30s? You 30? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, that's, you know, it's a unique stage of life to be in. You, you have some experience and you have a lot of experience yet to come as hopefully we all do, Lord willing. So, um, just what do you, if you could just say, what's it like to be a pastor as a young book? What would you say? Yeah, I would say it's very humbling and a roller coaster of emotions. But I've learned to appreciate it because it's forced a dependency on God like I've never known before. You definitely feel like most of the time you have no idea what you're doing. So it's been a constant learning on the fly and looking to others as we uh, seek to grow God's church. That's good. I would yeah. second that. that. That was a very spiritual answer, David. Thank I was going to say, uh, like, kind of like what Michael Scott says. In, in one sense, I know exactly what to do, but in a much more real sense— I knew not at all what to do. So. <laughs> Pastor Michael Scott. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know because I've only been a young pastor. I haven't been an old pastor yet. <laughs> so but you're kind of an my, old soul. Wow. Yeah, you know. yeah. wow. I, I just, you know, you take it as it comes. You learn that you don't know anything. And, and you pray <laughs> that God has, that God will put people around you that are older, that are wiser, and then you can lean into them. But the exact same thing that he said, you, you just learn that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then that creates an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. So I, when I was, when I was younger, when I was 23, I would say that I was a lot more arrogant and I was like, well, I already got the answers. I've mm-hmm. listened to so many podcasts, watched so many videos. Now it's like, I, that's not, that's not enough. <laughs> you know, I have yeah. to go through the fire with someone or with other people who have the wisdom. Yeah. I affirm that. Your dad and brother would agree. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, a lot of people in this church would agree. (laughs) That's cool. I I love, I mean, I sense a a theme is that you have, you're learning, not that you've learned, but you're still learning uh, to be humble. uh, And that's good. So I want to ask, you know, as a young pastor, I think um, you start out with this ideal, like what it's going to be like. And then really quickly, 
you get into what's real. Mm. So I would like for you guys, and that's not just as a young, that's just in any ministry and in, in, in life. That's just life in general, right? The ideal and then the real. So I want you to just share maybe some anecdotes or stories of things you thought that this is how it's going to be. And then really quickly you learn that's not how it's going to be. Maybe how you shifted from idea to real and how God's, you know, teaching you and equipping you in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, so as a young believer, I came to Christ listening to one of my favorite preachers, Matt Chandler. And so really, I knew yeah. almost instantly, like, man, I, that, I, I think I want to do this. I think I want to teach the Bible, you know, and obviously, you know, God moved me that direction by his grace. Um, but yeah, I think what I've learned is, you know, ideal versus real is, man, pastoring is not all about preaching. And mm. the preached word is important. Mm-hmm. It's important to me every week that I'm making sure the gospel is explicit and it's clear you know, in my teaching. Um, and so, yeah, the preached word is important and pastoral care is also super, super important. That is something mm-hmm. I've learned. There's a lot uh, of time spent with hurting people, you know, mm-hmm. people who need to sit with their pastor and confess sin and be understood and loved and mm-hmm. and directed back to Christ mm-hmm. every week, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, that that's something I would say. It's good. Yeah. That's really good. And I would add one of the things that uh, I've learned on that note is how much it matters that your people know you love them Mm -hmm. and that they actually hear that from their pastor. That was Mm -hmm. probably one of the bigger mistakes I was making early on is I was never expressing that, whether I'm preaching or having one-on-one conversations that I really love you. Mm -hmm. And I've been blown away by the times I've referenced that Mm -hmm. and just been a little more vulnerable and let our people know this unbelievable flock of people God's allowed us to shepherd, let them know I love them. Mm-hmm. That has gone gone such a long way when mm-hmm. they hear that. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. That's one of the things <laughs> they'll come back and say, I, I just appreciate that you love us. You care for yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, I think when I was getting into to ministry, I had this idea of what pastoring was, that it was mainly leadership. And you hear these other pastors talk about that, and you read all these leadership books, you listen to these um, podcasts, you read these blogs, and then when you get in it, you realize leadership is part of shepherding, but that's not the total of shepherding. And so in a, in a business, you can go in and create a culture or change a culture by firing people. Mm-hmm. If you go into a church with that mentality, hey, I'm going to change the leadership, well, you'll be fired. Yeah, That's just the way it is. And so the expectation was you can change things pretty quickly because it's about leadership. And we learned this from you know secular leaders, so to speak. And the reality is everything moves very, very slowly. Change is going to happen over a long, long time, years and years and years. And that's how you shepherd people. You're there whenever their spouse is in the hospital, whenever their baby comes home, whenever they get the diagnosis. And that gives you um, an ability to speak into their lives. And then they begin to trust you. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you can change over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Good. Well, you guys obviously are growing and learning. And I don't just know that from this podcast. I know this from knowing the three of you. Uh, how, how is that growth happening? I mean, what, what are the things you're doing that's directly or the things that are happening in your lives that really are shaping you and helping you grow? Yeah, I, uh, I think one of the things that I've learned most is the art of taking a lot of the negative criticism you get in the church world 
and funneling that through a filter and learning from it. So that's been one of, honestly, one of the best ways I've learned or have been growing over the last few <laughs> years is kind of quieting the noise a little bit by running that through a filter, but still learning from it. Cause I think a lot of the negative is when you're getting real raw, how people are really feeling about mm. the church or about you or about your preaching or about kids ministry. It's kind of, it's a, I found it to be a blessing in disguise. Mm. That's been one of the greatest ways I've learned to grow over the years as I sink down in this chair. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lever you can stand up and raise it up and, and sink again. Yep. Like, yeah. yeah, you can work that. I'm just sinking again. <laughs> yep. I, I would really agree. I would second that. You know, I was, I was thinking about that question and a really failure, honestly, mm. like as a young pastor, mm. like you're going to mess up a lot. And at first you don't realize it but you are messing up a lot. And as you go and people give you grace, you know, you start to come to that realization and be humbled by God, you mm -hmm. know, and, and really you learn through trying and failing and, and trying, looking to Jesus and, and trying again. Um, mm -hmm. But on top of that, really, man, like just the, just the times like this with other pastors, you know, that that's been a really big thing for me is just the fact that as a young pastor, and I think hopefully older pastors say this too, you know, but like you need other pastors around you to facilitate your own soul care. You, know, you need other older, wiser pastors who will love you and listen to you and and help you work through things in your own heart. You know, and I would say that that's been uh, a really big thing for me is having you know personally at, at, at Mosaic having other elders around, even you know lay elders around, mm -hmm. but also you guys, you know, who mm -hmm. I can be honest with and open up with and yeah. share hurts yeah. and and difficulties and and joys and celebrations yes. and all that. So mm -hmm. yeah, yes. I just listened to Boggy talk. <laughs> Learn all you need to there know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The same thing that these guys have said, leaning into other people, yeah. especially those who are further down the road than me, yeah. because the, if I don't know what I don't know, and then I come across something where I like, I don't even know what question to ask right now. Mm -hmm. And I explain that to someone who's, who's a little further ahead, then I get answers and I, and I get guidance. And then on, on top of that, I think all of us probably listen to different podcasts, read different mm -hmm. books, and then um, protect our time with the Lord. You know, um, mm -hmm. that's I know that you that was part of your answers. But yeah. uh, <laughs> if I'm not spending time consistently with the Lord and I expect to grow, there's something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And then I begin to lean on my own strength yeah. and that yeah. doesn't work. Mm. You know, then you yeah. go and you, you really sink down low. <laughs> like, <laughs> like David. Like David. Yeah. Until you're raised up again. So like, you know, in, in all that development and how God's growing you and teaching you, like um, what, what's like, what's just the, what's a hard truth that you've come to wrestle with? Hmm. Or maybe just a hard reality, like that you've come to wrestle with about ministry and ministering to people. Yeah, I mean, I would. People are just like me, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I can be a very complicated person, and I love people, and I'm complicated, and I've realized they're complicated. This this is real life. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned over years and how to wrestle with is this is real life. People are really hurting especially when working and ministering to young adults. These are mm -hmm. real marriages that are actually breaking. There's real affairs going on mm. and lives that you would never guess it. And that has been a hard reality to face. Yeah. And I've just, that's what's been so humbling along this journey so far. This mm -hmm. is the real people. It's not mm -hmm. just a number. 
It's not just someone who could give. It's lives. And the beauty of that is people that you get to see go from death to life, which mm-hmm. is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Glorify God. Do you want to answer so I can think about it? I didn't, I didn't, sure. Yes. I didn't yeah. bring my notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or yeah. make notes. Or <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> if you, you've got a better voice than I do, if you just want to read what I've written, <laughs> that would be because I love listening You do to have you. a very good podcasting you really voice. You just talk it, yeah. more. Sure. I've got a face I disagree, podcast. actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got a great preacher voice. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll go second since I'm in the middle here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just, yeah, something that I did right when I started pastoring Mosaic was choose to preach through the Gospel of Luke. And so that was the reason I did that was because as I kind of saw that position coming, I really, I was just desperate, you know, to hear from Christ and to really see Christ for who he was and how he ministered and the way he taught and everything like that. And so I, I think that was really impactful in the life of our church to go through Luke like that, you know, but I think I just really began to see in, in, in real time, the way that people respond to Jesus. It's not always well. They don't mm-hmm. always respond well to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of people who walk away from Jesus. And so inevitably, mm-hmm. When you preach the biblical Jesus and you preach the gospel with passion, people are going to walk away from you too. They're going to walk away from the church. And um, I think that was probably, that's probably the reality I didn't see coming um, quite you know, as prevalent as it really is um, in local church life is that there's, you know, there's a lot of, in the life of a pastor, there's a lot of comings and goings of, of mm. people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and inevitably people you love, like you said, yes. David, you know, people who you've really, you've sat with, you know, and you've tried to really invest in and, and bring in and, and those people, you know, they, they leave and it's, mm. it's, it's yeah. painful sometimes. And so mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I always go back to with, with Jesus where it says he's teaching this hard thing and, and all these people leave and he looks at this disciples and he's like, Hey, do you guys want to go to? And I just wonder in his humanity, you know, like, I mean, obviously he's the son of God, but in that moment he feels that mm-hmm. you know, as, mm-hmm. you know, as in his, in his ministry, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, I think you learn over time that nothing is guaranteed. So there's kind of a, an old saying, well, not old, but there's a saying in church life. But you're that, a young pastor. Yeah, so, so it's old. Old. <laughs> relatively old. You, you think about the person that you could not imagine doing church without. Mm-hmm. And then that person will probably be gone in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine 20 people right now that I couldn't imagine our church being without. And God can choose to send everyone to a different place. Mm-hmm. And it creates a dependence on him mm-hmm. that we yeah. would, yeah, we yeah. want to learn that, but we'd yeah. like to learn it a different way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, God, can you send this person yeah. instead? <laughs> yeah. and, I have no one in mind yeah, when yeah. I say that. Yeah. So, uh, so knowing that nothing is guaranteed, you, you kind of look at the future and go, well, Lord, please bless it. Mm. And we want to be faithful to preaching the gospel. We want to be faithful to caring for people. And Lord, bless that work for your name's sake. And if it doesn't happen, then you say, all right, Lord, it's in your hands. I think of William Carey, the the missionary who kind of uh, was the the father of modern missions. I thought he was the... 
host of Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you carry. Drew Carey. His first yeah, name yeah. might be William. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, so he, he goes Andrew. to... Probably Andrew. Probably. Okay, William Carey. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Justin's so, life every yeah, week. On so, right. <laughs> like, so he goes to okay. India for, um, for to be a missionary, has all these people who are financially backing him, and he is there for five years and sees no converts at all. He's making no progress in, in the eyes of the world. It's not until the seventh year that he sees someone come to know Jesus. Well, you, you can't control that, right? right? That's yeah. in God's hands. You can preach the gospel. You can care for those people, but God has to do the work. And it's the same in the church. I don't think he's been to enough evangelism conferences. Yeah, he his name be. funding's pulled. If that's the case, <laughs> yeah. you know that, right? Yeah. Like, well, he'd be IMB. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funding's pulled. No converts in five years. Well, let me <laughs> let me follow up on numbers. that because I think you're hitting on a good point. Because in all of life, but also in ministry, success is often defined by numbers, mm. uh, and bigger churches get celebrated like they must be doing something right. And they might be, but they also might be doing some things wrong because size does not equate success. And, uh, uh, you know, and you guys are in church plants or in younger churches uh, that aren't huge, but mm -hmm. you are having impact. You know, I would, you know, say that about all three of your churches are having gospel impact. So how do you deal with that in your own heart? Mm. Because I'm saying like, I, I would confess, like there's times I'm like, it's frustrating when you don't see happening what you want to happen, but you're trusting God in his timing and you, you know, and searching your heart, you feel like you're being faithful. Uh, and, you know, and we just are, especially in a social media age, uh, yeah. you know, you don't have the budget to make your church look awesome on social media. You don't have the, the you know, like some churches do, and it's not always an accurate representation of that church. So how do you reconcile that in your heart when you guys are of a generation who've really grown up, you know, with technology, uh, because if your generation, I'm the, I'm the exennial, you know, grew up without it, then had it turned on in college, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and social media is more of your formative years, uh, you know, in your twenties, mm -hmm. how do you deal with all that? I'm sure many are going to think it, it's the stock answer, but it's finding identity in Christ. I just told some brothers mm -hmm. this morning at coffee when we were going through prayer requests that I asked him to pray that God would help me find contentment in him and uh, satisfaction in him and him alone. It's a struggle every single day to do so. Uh, I am not going to be the next Louis Giglio. I've realized that. and <laughs> um, But I can and desire to, to be like Christ, and that is through the power of the Holy Spirit we can pursue that. One of the best pieces of advice I was given a few years ago when I was battling a lot of this, and there's a lot of noise on social media, uh, a mentor of mine named Jeremy Morton, we were having coffee, and he really pointed me to be rather than do. And he just mm -hmm. said, you are a child of God. Mm -hmm. And start there, be rather than do, pursue mm -hmm. prayer and intimacy with God, and that's it. You're mm -hmm. a child of God and find <coughs> satisfaction in that. So that's mm -hmm. a lot easier said than done these days. But so I try to focus on that over anything else. When Paul is addressing the Ephesian elders in Acts 20. Is that right? Because you preach through Acts. Mm -hmm. so, Somewhere um, around there. And, 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 he, <laughs> and he says, he says to these elders, you know, something so impactful. He talks about how um, really Christ 
paid his blood mm. for the people that you're shepherding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a huge deal, you know, yeah. and that's very weighty. And so I think really just pressing into that reality, um, and that's probably Charles Spurgeon who quipped this one, you know, but uh, who said that, you know, ultimately when you when you stand before Christ as one of his under shepherds, regardless of how many people you shepherd, it, you'll be sure that you had enough. Mm-hmm. Because you will give an account for that, mm-hmm. you know, and so, mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, obviously, it's yeah. I mean, there are some frustrations with social media and big churches and all that, you know. But really, I, I try to you know remember those things and the fact mm-hmm. that man, like, it, and it really is a great privilege to shepherd the people that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I, we do. So it's yeah. good. Man. Well, because we're so digitally connected, it's easy to compare. And honestly, one of the ways that helps me not, um, I guess, envy those churches. I'm not on social media. I just don't, you know, I have mm-hmm. other things to do. So if you are on social media, <laughs> this is on YouTube. Even. So, <laughs> um, But uh, I, I don't, maybe this is the same with you guys. I don't struggle a whole lot with looking at a, a larger church and saying, if we could just get there, we mm-hmm. would have arrived. Mm, you know, yep. we will have arrived. Mm. Instead, the, what what comes into my heart uh, is, well, if they are there, they must not be faithful to something. Mm-hmm. They must be selling out in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the sin mm-hmm. that I have to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I have to remind myself over and over and over that the Lord gives how he sees fit. Yep. Mm-hmm. If, right, if right. he wants to yep. put... A hundred people in this church and mm-hmm. five hundred people in that church. Mm-hmm. Glory be to God. That's right. That's yeah, that's right. That's good. You know, I, I what you're talking about is, and and I'm going to segue into something here in just a second. But is this American idea of success versus right. the Bible's idea of success? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's so hard for people and pastors specifically to decipher between what is American success and what is people's success. I've always said, if I ever speak at a commencement ceremony, graduation, I'm going to start off by saying, hey, you've been told up until now you can do anything you want in life. And that's not true. Mm. Like It's not true. Like People think in America, if we work hard, we can do anything. How many kids, parents spend so much money on travel ball and they never make it to the pros or even yeah. college? Yeah. And, and they're like, well, you know, uh, whatever. No, you thought if you put this kind of effort and this kind of money, this kid would make it into the pros. There are kids that literally step onto the football field at 14 who've never done anything and God just endowed them with athletic ability that you'll never have. Why? We don't fully know. Yeah. Does it feel fair? No, it doesn't feel fair. And the reality is for all of us, like, it's not our job to worry right. about like, I got to build my church to be the biggest it can be. Yep. And then, you know, and it can be as big as possible because if you're not in X city, if you're not wherever, and I do think that's why a lot of guys end up jumping around is because they do hit that ceiling. Like I've said before, coming to Niceville, we are the second you know biggest church in town. We will probably always be the second biggest church in town. Mm-hmm. Like there's no goal to be the biggest <clears throat> church in town for various reasons. Like, and I, I just think that our people, and I think we perceive it more than other, our people even sometimes like say things to us because they're struggling with the same things. Yes. And so, you know, it creates this added layer of insecurity. Yes. And then we get on and we see so-and-so church in the area who yes. they do have a different version of success than we do. And so I think that's a huge struggle. Now, yes. all that I would say, 
So as younger pastors, you guys are legit millennials. I'm like an old millennial, zennial. I'm not as old as Justin. um, Seniority here. (laughs) You guys, your generation, like has kind of said, hey, we don't like that idea of church growth. That's Mm -hmm. not who we are. Mm -hmm. What tensions and frustrations do you wrestle with when you see what's going on at SBC Life, when you see a lot of the guys ahead of you in the faith, they are more bought in this idea of American dream. Like, kind of, what do you wrestle with there? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> They're thinking. They're thinking. If I you, just want to deconstruct the whole church. Yes, yeah, so let's just let's woke, fi- and we're gonna woke, fix it all right now, too, woke, guys. Yeah. So no, but just like I just yeah. push it all down. Like yeah. <laughs> Well, you didn't send this in the question, so I'm not prepared to answer it. You weren't prepared to answer anything anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll honestly say I, I would. I, we're preaching the truth. I think one thing about the our generation right now is they're very interested in substance and what's true, and mm-hmm. so I think that's a major benefit in who we're pouring into right now is yeah. with the younger generation is they want that, yeah. which in some ways uh, makes it a little bit easier when we're preaching the gospel. But Tad's already referenced there's been some harsh reality to that, too. When you preach the truth in love, it doesn't always work out how you would hope best. But, yeah, I would say we just focus on the truth, try to point them away sometimes from the noise that is happening within the SBC right now. We're blessed where our people recently have not really asked much about it. We went for It Is Well Sunday, and I referenced Southern Baptist Church, and I think they were shocked to learn we were in Southern Baptist. So maybe that's our failure in how we're doing Sunrise 101 and 102, but it hasn't been as big of an issue for us right now. Yeah, I I think the people we reach, it's very similar at at Mosaic. You know, there's not a ton of people who even – if I say we're Southern Baptist, they might not even know what that means, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I try to clarify what's good about that because I think mm-hmm. there is a lot of good mm-hmm. about that, you know, and there are difficulties for sure, but because they don't know, I, I can kind of frame that up, you know, for our people. I mean, there's mm-hmm. not a ton of people who are like, Hey, about this, saw this article about what's going on in the SBC mm-hmm. right now. Like there's just not a lot of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when that does come up, I'm able to have frank conversations and, and just talk with people, candidly, like, hey, I, I struggle with those things too, you know, but um, yeah, we're going to continue on and, and be faithful as mm-hmm. long as we can in this in this vein. I mean, we think there's a lot mm-hmm. of good things going on. So, yeah. yeah. You think there was a guy named Frank who was just really blunt and that's why we got Frank conversations? That's where we got that from. <laughs> okay. Uh, you actually started with a lot of Baptist. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so what and was the have, question again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that it was, it was like, clear. Very my point question. is like, you know, uh, uh, we hear a lot about millennial pastors who are just kind of like, Almost in some regards, like we don't want to have anything to do with how church has been. The establishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the establishment. Yeah, okay. And and some of that is good. And I would yeah. just ask, like, what are the things you wrestle with when you see how church has been done in America? And now you, you know, are this guy in your 20s, 30s pastoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how, how do you kind yeah. of see all that? Um, I don't think that the the philosophy of church, by and large, especially in the Southern Baptist Convention, has been wrong. In the the idea has, in my eyes, at least the the older pastors that I've talked to, has usually been, we want to reach people for Jesus mm-hmm. and we want to disciple people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great commission. Of course, mm-hmm. we want to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it, some of the specifics of how that gets worked out in the church, we would disagree with. Um, going specifically back to church growth and mm-hmm. attractional church, but again, I don't think we have a ton of that mm-hmm. in Southern Baptist life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, when I do encounter that, 
I don't know. You just kind of say, all right, well, I understand that you want to reach people. I don't think this is the best way to reach people. In fact, when I look at 1 Timothy, when I look at Titus, when I look at all of the New Testament (laughs) as it is, I I think that that, especially when Jesus says, hey, uh, go ahead, see y'all later. Yeah. You know, that, anyway, for sure. I'm not going to have an argument against, not not right now, anyway. Yeah. Um, I think our generation would say, yeah, we hate that kind of stuff. That's just so corporate. And then we go to Starbucks <laughs> and we go to Chick-fil-A and it's like, okay, yeah, we shop at Walmart. Um, just in my mind, I, I want to be faithful to the gospel. I, I keep hitting the table, Justin. I hope that doesn't affect the mic. It does. So but mad. Just cut so that mad. Out. Okay. I was about to pop you. But <laughs> I was worried. We're so close. I was yeah. worried about popping you. <laughs> you know, be faithful to the gospel. Pray that the gospel will go out in churches that aren't like ours, mm-hmm. you know, where, where pastors don't have the exact same understanding of how the church should work. Mm-hmm. Try to build relationships with those people so you can learn from them. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can teach them something, too. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I answered the question. It's all good. I don't know the question was clear. That's my fault. This is Boggy Talk, so thanks hey, we just said, I thought your answer up. was the best. A, I thought that was the best <laughs> answer. True to form. Good job. I, yeah, yeah, I think, you. you know, every 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 generation blames the one before. Mm. Uh, that's a song, but I'm not going to sing like, it. What? I was like, is this a Hallmark commercial or something? <laughs> but everybody's like looking ahead and I think, you know, like, there, yeah, you, we should. We, we can all look at generations ahead of us and say, hey, here's, here's what they didn't do well. But we also can say, here's things they did do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like, and recognizing we are where we are because we're standing on people's shoulders. So, right. you know, yeah. you guys working uh, in younger churches and not just the age of the church itself is young. And then the majority of your demographic is young, maybe except for Sean who planted a church and usually church plants to attract tons of young families and there's no one older, but you kind of have the opposite, which is a cool way to start a church because it gives you a lot of wisdom You're welcome. ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right. That's true. So, you know, as a young leader, like, what are you realizing about your own generation that you think, hey, this is not the greatest, and this is an area we, as a church, need to uh, engage our people, challenge our people of your own generation, not the generation before you. That's an easy target. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, uh, man, I mean, what's good about millennials, really, I mean, is that they're they're, they're passionate you know, they, they want to know the truth. I think you said that already, yep. David, you know. Um, and so they, they, they really want to own their faith. I mean, they want it to be real. They want to know what it's really about. And they really, they get excited about causes, which is cool, you know. So if you can cast vision for causes, and th- I mean, that, then then that's great, you know. Um, I think the difficulty, and maybe this is, maybe I'm altering your question a bit, Justin, sorry. But this is something that I've experienced at Mosaic. I'll um, correct you if you know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, at least please. they're answering you. Yeah, right. please, please do. Maybe it's my maybe mom was a little more clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I really do. I mean, after pastoring at Mosaic for about five years now, I, I mean, I, I think church probably works best. And you guys can tell me the difficulties with this, but I think church probably works best when it's multi generational. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some real struggles that come up too. I mean, so there's a lot of excitement and passion with this church that I pastor, this young millennial church, but um, we need maturity. We need wisdom, you know, like what Sean has at, at, at Anchor, you know, and so that that it causes 
this weird tension, you know, mm. where it's like, man, there is all this exciting stuff. These young families who are coming to know Christ and um, getting more excited about reading their Bible and making disciples and mm-hmm. and all of these things, you know. But um, I, the the thing about millennials and here's the bad side is like, there's just they lack stick to itiveness, I guess, you know, that this older generation has, like and that, so yeah. yeah, so something, you know, is that Greek? I, I think so. <laughs> okay, I'm not okay. sure. I like yeah. that word. Yeah, I just yeah. kind of it just came out. Yeah, so okay. anyway, but um, but yeah, I mean the thing about the older generation, older generations, is that they man, like when this, when a church was their church, like they they're commit. they're committed. You yeah, know, absolutely. they they give, they serve, they do, and they're and they're not leaving. Right. They're not leaving. Yeah, yeah, I'm leaving before some of our yeah. people are leaving. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, it's like out of yeah. here before they leave. Yeah, it's like if I say something someone doesn't like on Sunday, millennials like, okay, I'm out of here. Where's yeah. the next mm-hmm. church right. to find? No. You know, yeah. they, they won't say that or whatever yeah. the case may be. You know, and so so that's that's kind of a difficulty with being with pastoring a church that is mostly millennials. We mm-hmm. and and on the other side of this, this is really challenging. Is that we have a hard time holding on to older couples and older believers, you know, right. because they come in and they might they they see mosaic for what it is, which is like, oh wow, you know this this church that preaches the Bible, you know, and you know tries to have biblical ecclesiology and and all these things, and I'm like that's awesome, you know, and then they're like, but we're alone, like there's right. no right. there's no older no people here, yeah, yeah, there's no peers yeah. for them, and so it yeah. just it becomes relationally oftentimes too difficult for them to hang around, mm-hmm. even though they like what's happening. And a church like Mosaic yeah. with a lot of young young families. So. Yeah, I'll just affirm because, you know, for those that didn't pick up on it, I pastored the church where Tad is now before. And, you know, it was same, mostly yeah. younger families, sure. had a few few older families, and most of them would always say, leave because, hey, there's yeah. not as many around. Yeah. Um, and just younger, like, I, I pastor all ages here. So, like, younger people just aren't at a point in their life where they kind of appreciate, you know, things the way they should some there are exceptions to that but like sure. yeah you know um so I, I always joke about how like the first year and it's true first year i was here just coming to this church and just the affirmation and encouragement of our older members yeah. about mm-hmm. what god has done and mm-hmm. is doing in me yeah. just yeah. moved me to tears on a constant basis because yeah. i just yeah i didn't get that you know yeah. I, I mean i got that from a few people but regularly i didn't get that sure. you know pastor appreciation month not 10 10 pastor appreciation months at mosaic i got two cards Mm. 10 years and you know i won't say what we were given the first year but i was like whoa like thank you jesus you know when i came here and i think that (laughs) i I say all this because i think that if you it for your churches but if you are an older believer like even in our church too like you do have to carry that torch of of Mm -hmm. appreciating the work that is happening specifically amongst younger pastors and younger lay leaders because we have young lay leaders who they're not it's not their job and they're serving their peers you know, and so we really need to wrap ourselves around them and encourage them because it is a hard, laborsome work with very little appreciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and again, people who are willing to say, I'm out. And I know you've experienced that, David, because we've yep. walked through that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, no, that's been a, a difficult thing for sure. But I, I, it, I've used it as a growing and learning experience to not take anything personal. And again, I point mm-hmm. back to just finding identity in Christ and letting that be my rhythm day in and day out. It's a fact that people my age are bouncing around a lot and and even more so we're obviously in a military community, Mm -hmm. which has created a whole nother dynamic to that. But I have, it's, I have let it challenge me and wanting to do everything I can 
to figure out a way to help my generation see that the sole purpose in life is truly to glorify God mm. and enjoy mm. him forever. Yeah. And that mm. has, it yeah. is very challenging mm-hmm. when they believe, or not just the younger generation, but generations before and after me, they are looking for satisfaction in everything other than Jesus Christ. And mm. so yeah. within the younger, younger generation, it there is a lot out there in 2021 and because of social media, even though Sean is the holy one of the group, not on social media, <laughs> our church members are on social media. Right. And they are finding identity in that. And they are constantly mm-hmm. looking at who they're supposed to be through social media. So mm-hmm. the challenge has been pointing them to the gospel. And mm-hmm. what I've discovered is a lot of people aren't as interested in the gospel or finding satisfaction mm-hmm. in Christ than what I would want mm-hmm. them to be. Mm-hmm. But... It's truly a joy when you do find that young person who does get it, go from death to life, mm-hmm. and they do find that satisfaction in Christ and that hunger. That's worth everything to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tad, you see a lot more of the redemptive qualities in um, our generation than I do. <laughs> so <laughs> my answer might not be quite as cheerful and optimistic. If my church watches this, I just wanted them to hear that, that part. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was wise. Uh, but if you look at our, our generation, what marks us is unfaithfulness. Mm. So be, be, <laughs> no, that's good. That's true. Be, you sound like an old Testament yeah, prophet right yeah, now. Wow. Which is, yeah. like, that's, well, that, that's our message. If you look at how we've grown up, if we look at, what Amazon Prime does for us, what Starbucks does for us, whatever it is, we see that we can get whatever we want, whenever we want. And then if we can't get it, well, we have 10 different avenues that we can go to to find it. So if you have a restaurant that you really like, it's a, it's an American grill in town. Which, what is what? an American what? grill? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? American grill? I like wings and hot dogs. Oh, and okay, okay, yeah, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Milkshakes. Anyway, um, <laughs> you have McFries. Yeah, kind of like a McDonald's. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, but, but, yeah, so, yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. it's not McDonald's. Let's say it's a local place. <laughs> local you really, American Grill. Yeah, let's say you really like it. Okay. okay? And, and you've been going there for five years, once a month or whatever. Well, then that place closes down. You may have like two minutes of grieving that, being like, oh, man, they had the best chocolate chip milkshake that sounds like a disgusting milkshake. Whatever milkshake. Sounds chunky. Yeah, well, I'm little, Oreo. Stay away, Oreo. Something great. stay away from the details of this. <laughs> okay, <illustration. laughs> be generic. Okay, so that place shuts down. You mourn it for two minutes, and then you look across the street, and you see there's McDonald's. American or Grill Zaxby's. 2. Yeah. T-O-O. And you go over there, and it doesn't cross your mind again, except maybe one day when you're hankering for that chocolate chip milkshake. And you're like, oh, man, I really wish that restaurant was still open. Oh, well, I'm going to go over to Zaxby's. Yeah. So we we have so many options now mm-hmm. we, that we are created consumers. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a consumer, one of the things you are going to lack by nature mm-hmm. is faithfulness. Mm-hmm. That's good. When it comes to the church, we have so many options, not just physically, mm-hmm. but online. Yeah. That we don't we we feel like we don't have to be there. We don't have to connect mm-hmm. to it. We don't have to be in sure. a group because mm-hmm. you know what? I can watch whoever I want. Every single week, mm-hmm. twice a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But don't you think this is just the the furtherance of the American dream? The American dream yeah. says individualism, it's autonomy, me, me, me. and yeah. we're, we're getting there. We've arrived in the Tower of Babel, and we're saying, look what we can do. And and yeah, we're absolutely. trying to import that into other countries as well. You know, I mean, as the American church, maybe not intentionally, but we mm-hmm. are. And I think byproduct of yeah, because mm-hmm. we assume the way we do stuff is right. <laughs> yeah, always <laughs> best. Pick, we have so many mem- members of our church who pick on millennials, and I'm like, you were the parents, like you raised them, <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> You hear that, Mom? <laughs> Donna, Steve. Yeah. There you go. So, oh, I meant not. I meant my. Yeah. And our moms are both named Donna. So yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, as we wrap up, um, how can people listening pray f- for you, uh, and not and pray for you and your churches, but also just. Younger pastors, I think, uh, you know, there's a unique uh, burden you carry and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy. It is joyful because the Lord does the work and you get, we get to see what he's doing. Uh, not always everything he's doing, we get to see pieces of what he's doing, uh, but it's hard mm-hmm. and uh, you carry the burden. How can we pray for you? Yeah, I would say I deeply desire to to stay faithful, remain faithful. I want to be a pastor mm-hmm. for a lifetime, not just <clears throat> up to you know thirty two where I am now. So mm-hmm. faithfulness and steadfastness, and I deeply desire to grow in wisdom and understanding. So it is hard. It's mm-hmm. kicked my butt up to this point, <laughs> but uh, I know and believe that uh, with the power of of the Holy Spirit, and I can make it to the end. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my prayer. Good. Took the easy one. Endure. Oh me. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I would just say. I mean, really, the same thing, David. I mean, what else can you say, honestly? Yeah. But um, just, just if you pray for me, you know, praying that I would remember that Jesus truly is the one building His church. He, mm-hmm. he really is. And um, I, I said that when I first began pastoring, and it's one thing to say that um, from a doctrinal standpoint. <laughs> yeah. It's a totally different yeah. thing to say that from, a, from an mm-hmm. experiential standpoint. Um, but, and often, you know, as a young pastor, you often feel like, you know, like the disciples in the boat, Jesus is asleep. And you're like, Jesus, we're, we're perishing. Mm. We're going to flip, you know? And he's like, be quiet, you know, and, and tells the tells the storm to something just popped in yeah. the studio and i literally I don't, have no yeah. idea what it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, wow that was, like I, I didn't mean wrong. to do that it's like i did this it's i like, know it's like you know, the like lord a, was like it's like a benny hen thing <laughs> which i totally don't agree with <laughs> we all just so, like, but, anyway yeah, yeah but yeah but yeah i mean so so all that to say um yeah just just praying for young pastors um that they would remember that jesus really is He's sovereign. He's mm-hmm. the one keeping his church and sustaining his church. And especially through the past couple of years, we've we really had to see mm-hmm. that and in and, and ways that we never anticipated that we would. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he's been good. Yeah. His providence is sure. Mm-hmm. We're still going, you know. And mm-hmm. so just, you know, most most pastors don't make it past five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's that's good. that's the that's the statistic. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. so yeah, not wanting to be a, a statistic like that and wanting to mm-hmm. remain faithful for a lifetime. Yeah. Yep. Just pray that we will continue to lift Jesus high. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what we want to do as a church, what we want to do as pastors. And uh, if we ever take our eyes off of Jesus and we focus on ourselves, then we fall into despair, depression, mm-hmm. pride, whatever it is. Yeah. And so pray that that I will keep my eyes on Christ and that that will lifting him up, glorifying him will be the song of my life you know, that never gets old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say to you guys publicly, um, and maybe your moms will hear this, but uh, 
I really love y'all. And mm. um, the reason we have you guys on as young pastors and the reason I consider you friends as a much older pastor in your life <laughs> by seven years or so, uh, <laughs> it's just we really believe in you guys. We really mm-hmm. believe that you, what you're doing is you trust in Jesus and you love people and you're teachable. And so, uh, man, if you're watching and you're not connected to a church or listening, you're not connected to a church at Fort Walton Beach or Crestview or Freeport, or you know people there, these are great churches to send people to where they're going to get the word, they're going to get cared for, and they're going to get opportunities to serve. Uh, But I just just want you guys to know that we really— we're excited to see how God continues to use you in, in your life, and we're behind you. Yeah, well, we're going to pray for you guys. I'm going to invite everybody listening to join us in prayer. Before we do that, uh, we're going to end with amen. So that's the end of the podcast. But before that, I want to invite you to, to uh, join us uh, next week. We're going to kick off a new uh, series and topic, uh, Problems with Christians. I don't even remember us discussing that. We at did, all. you know. I I pulled it up on my phone. Okay. That's what we're all right. doing. All right, we're and doing it. it. And, Lord, and, the but Lord we also, it. we're recording this far enough in advance that we take liberty to change that. So, uh, no, so stay tuned. No. We can't change it. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's one of the problems with yeah, Christian yeah, that's right. Christians. Look, we're, we're not we're flexible. Not <laughs> we're not stick no, stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to it. All right. Well, hey, let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you're the one who builds your church. Thank you that you are a Lord. Thank you for uh, these guys, uh, for their families, uh, for your faithfulness to them, through them and their churches. And we pray uh, for David and Tad and Sean, and we pray that, God, you will just continue to pour out um, your, your spirit in them and through them. We pray for Sunrise City, we pray for Mosaic, and we pray for Anchor Church. And we ask Jesus that uh, they will be kingdom building churches, faithfully proclaiming the gospel, and that you will help them to be faithful and to endure. Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat. 